Holy Hour of Power, this is the Lord's Gym. We are your spiritual fitness trainers. My name is Jesse Romero. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady and my partner. Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. I notice we're both wearing red. Is this a day for martyrdom? We'll find <laughs> out. we got a great saint to talk about. He's the, he's the exemplar for martyrdom. Oh, I mean, the church and the catechism even points that out. Just today's talks, uh, today's topics are going to be, you know, what we can learn from the Prince Andrew settlement in court with a woman who accused him of sexual assault. What what can we learn as Christians regarding high-profile people when they live immoral lives? Also, uh, two segments are going to be dedicated to what's going on up in Canada. Uh, we talked a little bit about the truck drivers. One of our representatives is out in California uh, in the high desert. Uh, filming some of the events that are going on right now with a thousand truck drivers. But this topic is the bishops ba- back a tyranny rather than pastors and defying Trudeau. Trudeau is kind of like um, what uh, uh, happened in Cuba with the Castro. And I think there's a connection here because as uh, Dennis Prager said it today, Jess, one of our good friends, he said that he predicts that if things go the way Trudeau has it, uh, uh, Canada will be the next Cuba. Wow, that's a that's a big mm. prediction. So we're going to talk about all of that. Also, we're going to have our good friend, well, from Church Militant, Michael Vorce won't be there, but we'll have another gentleman here to talk about the strength and honor segment. And Jess, I've got the good news. You know, I, I, you want to call need to know file. That's a good news story about uh, lifting people up to say that we can fight this tyranny regarding uh, COVID nineteen. So lift much, the sub, Terry. Lift well, the sub. Well, oh, I'll give you one little thing. One little one. All right. Little we heard last week that England got rid of all of the COVID restrictions. Well, now Scotland just lifted all COVID restrictions. And uh, now wow. uh, they are keeping their emergency powers as a contingency measure. Well, that's the last thing that goes. But the point of it is, Jesse, people are fed up with this and they're responding in a very active way now. They're not being quiet. When they're tired for two years, the world has been told that they need to shut up and listen and just follow the government's orders. Well, people are finally saying, wait a minute, minute. you know, what used to be called uh, fiction is now a fact. (laughs) And so I... What what used to be called conspiracy is now historical reality. Yeah, yeah. So we're asking the question, what's going on here? But before we get into all these talks, I asked Jesse to really give us a good catechesis on St. Polycarp. Because Ooh. this guy, as I said, the Catechism of the Catholic Church models him as the model martyr for the Catholic faith. So let's get the, the scriptures first, soul food, and then the saint of the day. Let me let me give the soul food today to the first reading of the book of James. Yep. Oh, we love it. Yeah, James chapter 4 was the first reading at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass today. Yep. Beloved, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow... We shall go into such and such a town, spend a year there doing business, and make a profit. And you have no idea what your life will be like tomorrow. You are a puff of smoke that appears briefly and then disappears. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills it, we shall live to do this or that. But now you are boasting in your arrogance All such boasting is evil. So for one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, it is a sin. The word of the Lord. 
But praise to you, Lord. Um, thanks be to God. Thank this God. is the, uh, the, the uh, reading from the first reading of Mass. Jesse, the whole book of James is just so incredible. Practical. Yeah. So practical. A, a Terry, puff of smoke. <laughs> uh, that, that's, uh, all these bad players, uh, you know, Gates, uh, yeah. uh, Fauci, yeah. Biden. I mean, there's some bad people. The, the, G, Z, G, uh, P, the president, or GP, uh, the president of China, prime minister of China, the dictator. Terry, I, I just hope that they repent and open their heart to Jesus Amen. Christ before they die, because the Bible says that their life is a puff of smoke, yep. and they're they're planning this today and that tomorrow, and more tyranny here and more uh, dictatorship there. Guess what, Terry? Their life is going to dissipate than they will be before the judgment seat of Christ, like you and I will. That's right. And everything will be revealed, and there's not going to be any boasting about how evil you were. At that moment, it's going to be either you're in a state of grace or in a state of mortal sin. If you're in a state of mortal sin, it's going to be global warming for you forever. And, and, and one other thing I'd like to say, Terry, a lot of these globalists and grace reset people, they actually think, we don't need Jesus. We don't need the Holy Eucharist. We're just going to make transhumans. We will we will connect humans and put, uh, you know, uh electronic body parts on them and connect them to the inter internet so they'll live forever. Terry, these these sick billionaire narcissist yep. corporations yep. think that they're going to be able to bypass death and give people eternal life by making you what they call transhuman, connecting you to the iCloud, to the internet, putting some gadgets in your body so you can be like the $6 million man and you can live forever. These people, Terry, this is the... Science and technology has become the new Tower of Babel. Well, when you throw God out of the culture, you be, you have your own God to worship, and that's what we're doing. The God of technology is the God of worship right now. Hey, Jess, um, I want to ask you, uh, St. Polycarp, bishop and martyr, he lived a long time ago. Can you give us a little catechesis? Because I think... For especially us men, he is a man's man. Top of the food chain. Mm -hmm. St. Polycarp, pray for us. He was a bishop of Smyrna. Mm -hmm. He was an actual disciple of John the Apostle. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Uh, and, when he was, and when he became old, when he was an old man, yep. he followed in the footsteps of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. He died with courage and dignity. I'm going to get into it exactly from his own letter. He preferred the pain of burning to the pain of abandoning our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, uh, where is Smyrna? It's present-day Izmir, Turkey. Polycarp faithfully transmitted the gospel of Jesus Christ, everything that he learned from the Apostle John. Around the year 155, a persecution erupted in Smyrna. Uh, Bishop Polycarp willingly accepted his arrest, and I'm going to read to his letter, <laughs> and he was led into the funeral pyre. Wow. In the midst of the flames, he proclaimed the final priestly prayer as he's dying. He says, quote, God of angels, of powers, of all creation, of all the races of saints who live in your sight. I bless you for judging me worthy this of this day, this hour. Wow. So that in the company of the martyrs, I may share the cup of Christ, your anointed one. And so rise again to eternal life in soul and body, immortal through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here are the details. <laughs> and this is from his own letter. Yeah. A Bishop Polycarp writes. He says, Polycarp, again, he, he was one of the apostolic fathers. He followed right after, the, he was the next wave of followers of Christ. So he followed right after the apostles. And he knew that the, the teaching of St. John the Evangelist, because he knew him personally and he was his disciple. Uh, 
He was a bishop. He suffered martyrdom in 155 AD. Here's what the eyewitnesses say of Polycarp's martyrdom. They tell about how Bishop Polycarp was arrested at his house. They, they, the Roman soldiers came. They sought him in a farm near the city. And he says, wait a minute. Before you take me to, to prison, let me serve you dinner. So he served his Roman soldier captors dinner. He was talking to them before they took him into custody. After dinner, they arrested him. They brought him to the amphitheater where a crowd had gathered. And Bishop Polycarp, he heard a voice from heaven say to him, Be strong and show yourself a man, Polycarp. Close quote. Which is pretty much the same words that David, as he was dying, he said to Solomon. He said, Solomon, be strong and be a man. Same words, Terry. Yeah. And so the, the proconsul there asked Polycarp, if you want us to free you, you've got to curse Christ. Look what St. Paul, Bishop Polycarp said. I love it. Age 88? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. He goes, uh, I mean, he didn't give like a deep theological treatise on Christology <laughs> and the Trinity. I mean, it was blue collar talk. He yeah. said this. He yeah. says this. He goes, I have served Christ for 86 years <laughs> and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my King and Savior? Terry, very simple. Hey, I've been serving Jesus for 86 years. He hasn't done anything wrong to me. You think I'm going to say anything bad about him now? Basic blue-collar apologetics. Man, that's awesome. So as the crowd began chanting and demanding his blood, he was condemned to be burned to death. Uh, they tried to burn him, but the flames surrounded him, and miraculously, kind of like a piece of bread in an oven, the flames would not touch his body pause for a second jesse i want the rest of this story at the end of the break because this is awesome material why is it awesome because we're living in times where we're being persecuted yeah. and he's a model for us so in other words are we going to sit back and say nothing because maybe the government or even our church can persecute us because you never every saint's been persecuted by the church no we have to say what's right because it is right so when we come back jesse will continue to give us a little catechesis on St. Polycarp. I wanted to also mention, Jesse, Dr. French, who we've had on our show, and he's been on Michael Voris's church militant shows. He's coming to our chapel on Friday to give a talk on the Holy Eucharist at 7 p.m. It's a free talk. Come on over. I'm having people call all over. They're wanting to come to the Sacred Heart Chapel. That's this Friday. Uh, we're going to have it from 7 to 8.30. It's a slide presentation. And he's going to tell his story of how he actually was not um, following Christ in his early days and what brought him to, to become an on-fire Catholic. And then tie it into the Holy Eucharist. This is the time we need to be inspired for the Holy Eucharist. Come to our chapel this uh, Friday from 7 to 8.30 here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. When we come back, Jess Romero is telling us a story about St. Polycarp, bishop and martyr, and the end of the story should inspire you to fall deep in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. 
Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Save souls. February is the month of the Holy Family. It's been it's a devotion that started right around the 17th century. The Holy Family as a model of Christian virtue for all families. But we actually, it goes back, the devotion goes back to St. Francis of Assisi when he, when he invented or constructed the first nativity set we call a creche back in the 13th century. So don't forget to say, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we, we love, love you, you, save souls throughout the day. Uh, whenever you end your prayers. Jesse, let's finish that St. Polycarp, Bishop and Martyr. You were just telling us a great story how he wouldn't deny Christ, even when he was 86 years of age and they were threatening him with his life. And he's like, dude, I've served him for 86 years. You think I'm going to reject him now? Go pound sand. Terry, and you know what he did? He waved his hand to the crowd, the, 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 <laughs> all, all these uh, pagans that were calling for his blood. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he, and he made a sweeping uh, uh with it, he, he swept with his hand across the, the, the air. He goes, away with the atheist. Exactly. Away with the atheist. And, and he says, 86 years I have served Jesus Christ, and he's done me no wrong. I mean, right. just talk about bra- basic blue-collar apologetics. So they, they put him like on an altar. It's called a pier with wood and rocks, and they, and they lit him on fire. Right. Now, miraculously, it was only an act of God permitting this, the fire would not touch his body. It it it, it enveloped him, yeah. kind of like uh, you know, like 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 baking a, a piece of bread in an oven. The fire did not touch him. Right now, the 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 proconsul, uh, you know, who's who's the uh, the high the person in, in the the highest pecking order for the Roman governor at that moment. They were so mad because they were demanding his death. They wanted him to be burned to death. <laughs> So they called an executioner to get a spear, and the executioner, what he did, he thrust the spear into his chest and stomach, and all of a sudden, the blood that came out from 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 uh, from being stuck with the spear, it gushed out of his body, and it quenched all the flames. And then the, then the people witnessed a dove flying over him. Wow, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Wow. So Bishop Polycarp's bones were collected by the Christians from the ashes. Uh, and, and that's where, again, the the whole economy and the whole tradition of relics, much like Elijah in the Old Testament, uh, they were taken and they were venerated. And the Catholic Christian said the ashes, uh, are, uh, the ashes of Polycarp are more precious than stones of great price. He was 86 years old when he died. And so we pray St. Polycarp. Pray for, uh, pray for us and give us the grace to face our own persecution in our own lifetime. Amen, Jesse. No, this fits right in with Fulton Sheen about death. So I want to bring the smartest <laughs> Fulton ahead. He says this, and here's Polycarp's example. Sheen says, there comes a time in life that every man, when at that supreme tragic hour of death, his friends and relatives ask, how much did he leave? It is just at that split second God is asking, How much did he take with him? Mm. It is only the later question that matters, for it is only our works that follow us. Jesse, that to me should give us all inspiration to continue to fight the good fight. Just the worst thing they can do to you or to me. Kill us. That's it. Yep. And then what happens after that? If you're in a state of grace, you're going to heaven. If you you die for Jesus, you're going straight to heaven. Guess what? No purgatory, man. No purgatory. 
Yeah. See, that's why we want to inspire you. When you hear the Terry and Jesse show, all of our shows on Virgin Most Powerful, we have an in-game, Jesse. That's the language of, what's our in-game? Heaven. Heaven. Every time. So, Jess, let's, uh, let's shift gears now if we're good to go into our topic of Prince Andrew and what's going on with him and how we can learn from people like him not to do what he's doing. Yeah, Prince Andrew said a lot of court with a woman that, who accused him of sexual assault. And the only reason you said a lot of court, because it's true, okay? Even though the article doesn't say that, he's guilty. Yep. And so uh, it, it, this happened in the Epstein Island. He was a friend of uh, Jeffrey Epstein who killed himself in, or... Somebody killed him in prison. The woman, Virginia Guffrey, sued Prince Andrew, accusing him of sexually assaulting her when she was just 17 years old. Yep. Uh, Virginia Guffrey said that she was dedicated to holding Prince Andrew accountable for what he did. Good for her. Uh, yeah, good for her. This, she this says, is the paragraph that's the most powerful. In it. The power, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. The powerful and rich are not exempt Amen. from being held responsible for their actions, Virginia Guffrey said the victim. I hope that other victims will see that it is possible not to live in silence and fear, but to reclaim one's life by speaking out and demanding justice. Jesse, but- this isn't in the article, but I'm going to also say people like Cardinal, former Cardinal McCarrick and high church officials, hmm. they're not exempt from being responsible for their actions. And I think that uh, that needed to be said. It's not in the article, but I apply it to you and I. Hey, at the time when we're judged, Jesse, it doesn't, our Lord's not going to say, were you a cardinal? Oh, were you a priest? Oh, uh, are you then, uh, you know, no, we're all going to be judged equally. And so the powerful and rich are not exempt, not even in our church. Go ahead. That, that's right. So the, he settled uh, for an undisclosed amount. And uh, the, the Prince Andrew, uh, uh, by doing this, Terry, yeah. it's all it's also reported. It says Prince Andrew regrets his association with Epstein. You think? And, and, <laughs> and commends the bravery of Mrs. Virginia Giffrey and other survivors for standing up for themselves. He pledges to demonstrate his regret for his association with Epstein by supporting the fight against the evils of sex trafficking. Well, well tell us where we got the money, though, Jesse. Is it, isn't it? Yeah, here it is. The Telegraph reported that, that the prince's mother, got it. Queen Elizabeth II, helped fund her son's expensive legal fees. Mm. And so after sitting for a poorly re- received interview with the BBC, Prince Andrew hired a high-power legal team because he did an interview and he just botched it up, so he had to hire the best lawyer that oh, yeah. buy. And so, Terry, all I can say is, now, now here's the humiliating part. There's a little bit of earthly justice. It says, Prince Andrew was stripped of his military titles yeah. and various other honorifics that distinguished him as a member of England's royal family. The BBC reported that the prince is no longer permitted to use or be addressed as his royal highness in an official cat in official capacity so all i could say is terry uh who said you know justice is blind he he he, he got his desserts he his just he desserts did. and i just hope and pray that he at the end of his life uh that he dies in a state of grace and really repents for anything that he may have done in this life well i look at it as an act of mercy on his someone was praying for him because i'll tell you what jesse how many sinners never get accountable in this life in other words they sin all the way to their death they never get caught, that's but at the true. time of their death, that's when they get caught and judgment is there. I'm hoping, like you just said, that Prince will say, look, you know, I messed up. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm going to repent and believe in the gospel. That's my prayer because uh, most of these guys that, that do this lifestyle, there's an old saying in the Bible, the way the tree bends is the way it yeah. falls. Mm-hmm. And I just hope and pray yeah. more people will see this example as a way to say, I'm not going down that road. That's a bad road to go down. 
Yeah, and and I'll tell you this uh in, in the next life, guess yeah. what? At at the particular judgment, yeah. no no amount of money, nope. <clears throat> no high powered lawyer can buy your salvation. No people of influence. No. Nope. <laughs> you either you either die in a state of grace or you die in a it's state simple. of mortal sin. Yeah. It's simple. Hey Jess, let me give a uh, if we're done with it, I want to give another yep, good done. news story. Done. This is a I, I was going to tease you and say, do you think this was a bishop, uh, maybe an archbishop, maybe even a cardinal that said this? No, I'll, I'll tell you, he said, this, uh, this is, I'll be honest with you, it's uh, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, the great state of Texas. He says, I'm declaring that transgender drugs and surgeries are child abuse and is, avo- is uh, ordering uh, investigation. So the State Department of Family Protection Services confirm it. They're investigating these cases of children undergoing gender transition as child abuse. Jesse, see, this is where I'm expecting our bishops. Matter of fact, next week when I do my Bishop Strickland show, I'm going to talk to him about this because he's already, Bishop Strickland has said that. It's child abuse. But now the governor is saying it, and I just think that's good news. Matter of fact, that's the same state, Jesse, that's suing the federal government for forcing the great state of Texas to have people wear masks at airports. They're saying that's that's not what you that's our state. We're independent of that. We don't need we can make our own decisions. I what I like about Texas, Jesse, is they don't just sit back. Those Texans are fighters. They sure are, Terry. Uh they I love they, them. they certainly are. Terry, I want to talk about that uh unfortunately the Canadian oh, bishops gosh. they seem to be backing the the tyrant Trudeau. Not seem, they are. And Protestant pastors yep. Are defying Trudeau, hundred percent, and, and they are with the truckers, with the people. I love it. Evangelical pastors and academics are warning Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of God's wrath, even as faithful Catholics lament the capitulation of Canada's bishops to the nation's tyrannical regime. On Sunday, Archbishop of Gatineau, <laughs> Paul Andre de Rocher, yeah. slammed Vatican whistleblower Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. For supporting the truckers' peaceful protest. Can you imagine? Uh, he, he says, uh, this uh, archbishop from Canada says, yeah. I don't know who wrote Mr. Vigano's, he didn't, my, I, don't know, I don't know who wrote Monsignor Vigano's latest script, but I just want to make it clear that as a Canadian archbishop who is close to the scene. Calling on his rank. I, yeah, I disagree strongly with, the, with his fabricated premise, his poor analysis, and his mistaken conclusions. Really? Archbishop DeRocher tweeted. Well, what happened? A day before blasting Archbishop Vigano, the Archbishop of Gatineau, DeRocher, endorsed an article by left-wing journalist Christopher Curtis claiming that the protesting truckers were a hodgepodge of New Age healers and right-wing militants. Wrong. Exactly. Left-wing journalist Christopher Curtis, who calls abortion a fundamental right, also promotes legalizing marijuana for indigenous people. And uh, a church militant, they asked Archbishop DeRocher, a member of the Pontifical Council for Culture, why he failed to account for the religious and ethnic diversity of the truckers. There was a bunch of Sikhs, Muslims, Jews amongst the truckers. I love it. As well as Indians, Pakistanis, Hispanics, Latinos, Arabs, Chinese, Blacks, Everyone. Eastern Europe's, and indigenous peoples. Exactly. The reality is that the bishops in Canada, have been conditioned to be followers and not leaders. But who are they following, Jesse? The government. They're following Trudeau, Terry, yes. who's governing as a dictator. Yep. 
The, uh, the Sikhs, according to their religious custom, have been organizing free meals during the truckers' convoys. Awesome. And guess what? The Canadian police, uh, I'm Terry, I'm so ashamed right now of my, of my law enforcement brothers. Every <laughs> single day when Ruben and me and Paul Clay read yeah. the betrayal, the cowardness of the people in law enforcement right now, it breaks my heart. Uh, but I have to say, Sheriff Villanueva, uh, he, he's... Uh, He's he's definitely he's a he's a courageous man. He, he's, he's an standing. exception right now because what he talked for those he's who don't know who he is. News, yeah. He's the head of the L.A. Sheriff's Department, and why is he making news? This is on a side note from this article because yes. he stood up to these government people who are forcing all these mandates, and he's saying, "No, I'm not going to implement that." So what did they do? They fired him. So he he took a hit, man. I know he did took a hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows where that's going to go? We'll, we'll have to look into Jesse, that. Jesse, we're going to come back. we got a break coming. Yeah. And again, what you said, the reality is that these bishops have been conditioned to be followers, not leaders. And this is what we need. Where the church going is where its leaders take them. We need strong leadership. That's what we're praying for our bishops every Thursday night yes. here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. More about what's going on to our brothers and sisters up in Canada when we come back on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Save souls. That's the month of February. Yep. Terry, uh, the Protestants seem to be over in Canada. Oh yeah. They seem to be putting us to shame in oh. terms of their of their fire. And their and their desire to serve Christ. I mean, over man. That's how I see it. Terry, this article it points out that Archbishop Vigano, he's supporting the truckers. You have uh, a, a, an archbishop in Canada uh, who's coming a- against him. Archbishop Vigano basically says in the letter, he says, "What have I said wrong? Tell me if I fabricated anything." Yeah, demonstrate it. Yeah, sh- show me what's my poor analysis. Kind of like uh, Larry Elder always says, "Show me where I'm wrong." Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the, here's what you see: the the, the Akita uh, apparition, the prophecy. And, and just for those through. who don't know, Akita took place in Japan. Akita in the early '70s. And what Jesse is referring to is when the, Our Lady said that she told the sister, Sister Agnes, that there will come a time in the church when bishops. We'll be fighting with each other, archbishops against another bishop, cardinals. It's happening right now. Go ahead. Yep. It says here about the evangelical pastor's warnings. I'm going to give them some props, Terry. Oh, I should. Yeah. yeah. Canada's leading evangelical pastors and scholars warn Trudeau's tyrannical actions are exposing this government and people to the judgment of God. Well oh, said. Well very, said. Very New Testament, Terry. Biblical, yes. Yeah. Pastor Ar- Archer Pulowski, an evangelical. Who we've had on our show. Yeah. Yes, he says, we are deeply concerned that you do not appreciate the significance of God's wrath upon a rebellious and lawless nation. Twenty-eight pastors wrote the Catholic prime minister, that's embarrassing, Trudeau, Catholic prime minister, quote, to repent of the sins of pride, rebellion against God, and bearing false witness, close quote. The leading signatory is the Reverend Dr. Joe Boot, philosopher and founder of the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. This Protestant pastor emphasized, he says, well, we respect your office as a public servant and honor the limited role of civil authority as the Ministry of Public Justice. We do not hesitate to fulfill our responsibility as servants of the living God by unapologetically reminding you, Trudeau, 
that Jesus Christ is Lord and King and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Well said again. And they, they, they cite Psalm chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. It's biblical. Which is engraved on the Peace Tower in Ottawa, Canada, mm-hmm. and written into the National Code of Arms. Mm-hmm. So these Protestant preachers reminded Trudeau that God sets up kings and pulls down the mighty from their thrones. Well in other words, kind of a warning to him. Uh, the convoy event was Justin Trudeau's Reichstag moment. Reichstag, that's... Uh, Back in February uh, 27th, 1933, the burning of the parliament building yep. in Berlin uh, by, by, the, uh, by the Nazis. So th- he says this is the Reichstag moment, underscoring how the prime minister turned dictator in response to the protesters singing, praying, dancing, uh, candy floss, bouncy castles, speeches about the Constitution, and outpourings of patriotic love for the country, the letter added. Mr. Trudeau, with great respect, the, the Protestant pastor told him, you're neither the king nor the ruler of Canada. Both you and your colleagues are public servants sent for a short time to Parliament at our behest as citizens to govern under God in terms of the Canadian Charter and to seek a harmony of public legal interests. You do not grant people rights and responsibilities that are, that are theirs as God's image bearers and a free people. Since you do not grant them, you have no authority to remove them. Terry, these, yes, guys, just, no, these no, guys fire me up. I, I, they do. I'm going to get one more quote from these guys. But I also want to give Father Anthony Hannon. He blasts the Canadian bishops for you know, supporting Trudeau also. So we did have some ha- a handful of Catholic priests stand up to him, and I'm sure they're going to be reprimanded by their superiors because they spoke the truth. The, the biggest thing that they, what I think the pastors emphasize, this is something, Jesse, I could hear you say. Are you ready? Here it comes. While we respect your office as public servant and honor the limited role the civil authority as a ministry of public justice we do not hesitate to fulfill our responsibility as servants of a living God by unapologetically reminding you that Jesus Christ is Lord and King and ruler of the kings of this earth. Jesse, that sounds like a very Catholic thing to say. Yeah, Terry, and sometimes as Catholic, as lay people, we have to, we have to uh, invoke uh, our, our our rights oh, yeah. paragraph paragraph nine oh seven canon two twelve, and and evangelization is the highest priority of the Catholic Church. Salvation of souls. Yeah, back when I lived in Southern California, one of the local regional bishops there, uh, the press was the press was calling me and asking me to make statements about uh, homosexuality, the LGBT pro, uh, infiltrating certain Catholic high schools in Southern California. Yep, I remember. And so I called up the bishop. I said, Hey, the press wants to talk to me. What do you want me to do? He didn't respond. I called him twice. I left him two messages. I said, "Okay, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I let, let him know." So, Channel Seven, Channel, they came to my house. Channel Thirteen, Terry, I opened up the catechism and, and I laid out the case for Catholicism. Yeah, and then I also laid out uh, Pope John Paul II, the document that he wrote on calling Catholics uh, uh, churches to fidelity. That document he did about twenty years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Uh, so I laid it out to the press. Got you in trouble, didn't it? It got me in trouble. <laughs> the, the bishop called me up after. He's retired now, Bishop Wilkerson. Yeah, yeah. He called me. He called me up after, and he said, "Why did you go to the press?" And I said, "Bishop, I called you up twice and asked you that the press wanted to talk to me, and I wanted to just let you know that I was going to talk to them." And he goes, uh, "I said, what did I do wrong?" I said, "I quoted twenty three fifty seven and twenty three fifty nine, and I quoted John Paul II. I quoted his document on uh, on uh, 
calling Catholic schools the fidelity. Yep. And uh, he says, well, no, I guess you didn't do anything wrong. I said, Bishop, I said, in some instances, remember what the, the catechism says in paragraph 907, is that Catholics have a responsibility and a duty uh, to share the gospel. And again, on a matter as this, really, as a, as a lay Catholic, I'm acting independently. As long as I'm t- sharing what the church teaches right from the, from the church's documents, uh, uh, you know, I, I can I can uh, exercise a prudential decision and talk to the press and quote to them the church's documents. I'm a theologian, so I know how to do that. So, uh, you know, again, Terry, sometimes as Catholics, we just we have to assert ourselves and realize that ultimately we serve Jesus Christ. Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Go and make disciples. And if you have a moment to speak the truth in charity, uh, you have to you have to you have to jump on it. Yeah, and Jesse, that particular case is inspirational for Joe Sixpack. Because you know what, Jess? You just quoted the catechism, the magisterial teachings on a topic. And the, unfortunately, some of our bishops that we need to be praying for, we got to get the big boy pants on and say, Bishop, you need to lead, not follow. And so you need to stand up to any kind of government that's going to undermine our Catholic faith. And if we get thrown in jail for preaching that marriage is between a man and a woman, so be it, Jess. I can see that happening because of weak leadership. So I think you inspired that guy, I hope, I hope and pray, to say, you know what, Jesse, you stood up to them. I I was supposed to do that. Yes, Bishop, you were. But you see, you led by example. Amen. Terry, going back to the article, talking about these brave brave Protestants and Catholics out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, over in Canada, standing up to really Terry, he's a dictator. That's right. He's just like Cuba. Uh, Cuba, I see him very similar to Castro. There's arguments. There, there's people in the, uh, uh, that are writing articles that are saying that there's maybe a nexus between him and Castro. There's articles. Oh, there's lots that, of them out there. Yeah, that that uh, I, I don't know if they're true. Well, uh, just remember when Castro died. Just but look. They, go- they govern the same. I will yeah, tell you. The, but, yeah. but Jesse, when Castro died, look at what Trudeau said about his life. He, he praised Castro. Do I need to say any more? That's basically a good enough for me to say he's my model. Well, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Terry, one of, the, one of the heroes there out there is the evangelical Protestant pastor, Polish-born Art God love him. Polowski. He's faced already five arrests and yep. incarceration. Yep. And, and Terry, you know what? They don't treat him nice when they arrest him. Oh, no, they don't even give him fresh water, man. They, get, no. they treat him like, I won't say, but they treat him poorly. Yeah, they they treat him like he just like he's a mass murderer, like Richard Ramirez or something. Yeah. So, uh, but here's what's sad to me: the article say says uh, Canadian Catholic bishops cede to tyranny. In other words, they give way to tyranny. Mm-hmm. The article says Canada's Catholic bishops, however, have closed churches and vaccine mandates as a precondition for attending Holy Mass. In September, Moncton Archbishop Valerie Venu who fired a priest for denouncing sodomy, cohabitation, and abortion, became the, first world's, the, the world's first prelate to ban the unvaxxed from attending Holy Mass and yeah. receiving the sacraments. Earlier this month, Catholics protested at Sacred Heart Cathedral in British Columbia, urging Bishop Joseph Nguyen to lift restrictions on Mass attendance. And he said, As society is being divided between the unvaccinated and vaccinated, it is shocking to see some leaders of my own Catholic Church encouraging this new medical apartheid. Good, good word. Yes, it is. Protest leader Ken Frazier said in a speech at the demonstration. Jesse, I want to also mention that I talk about a Catholic voice of protest. A lone Catholic priest speaks out. His father, Anthony Hannon, I mentioned 
He has accompanied the truckers in their fight for human rights. But he said the reality is that bishops have been conditioned to be followers and not leaders. They simply don't have what it takes to meet these expectations. Don't wait for them to stand up for your rights. Hannon, a priest of the Archdiocese of Ottawa, urged. But here's what I really like what he said. He said, the faithful priest asked the bishop if one or both of his parents had been drinking, having drinking problems when he was a child. And the reason is, it's very sound. The reason is because you are displaying behavior that is classic for someone who has grown up in such an environment. It is self-destructive behavior, and it is hurting people around you. He lamented. Jesse, this is sound uh, statements for people who grow up in a dysfunctional family. So I think he made a good point to the bishop. I think he is acting like that. Yeah, and, and Father uh, Anthony Hammond, God bless him. Yes. Uh, a, a voice of truth, oh, a voice of reason. He's going to pay a price for it, but I, re- I respect what he said. Oh, gosh. It's, uh, on Sunday, the Toronto Catholic Witness, Witness blog blasted the Canadian bishops for continuing to be missing in action <laughs> after three weeks of the truckers' protests. Yep. Rather than shamefully hide, they could have immediately den- announced that they will be sending a delegation to Ottawa to mediate between the truckers and the Prime Minister of Ontario, the blog noted, adding that diabolically inspired bishops of Quebec are, as of this writing, banning Catholics from the Mass and the sacraments. Terry, that's uh, that's evil. That's all I could say. That is evil. And I just want to encourage people to go to Church Militant for this total article or go to our website, Virgin Most Powerful or jesseromero.com. When we come back, we have the Strength and Honor segment. From Church Militant, you won't want to miss that. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. This is our Strength and Honor segment with uh, Church Militant on the news and... (laughs) Of what's going on around the world and what's going on around the Catholic Church. This is faith and culture where they intersect. And I think today we got Sam McCartney. No, no, actually, we got Michael Voris, Jesse. Oh, Michael's on. Okay. Go for it. (laughs) Come on, Jesse. Hey, I can't see you. (laughs) I can see you, Michael. And and Michael, uh, here's what I was going to ask you. You've been a busy man. The whole ministry of your, (laughs) you guys have been all over the country covering all kinds of events. And the thing that I like, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Not only do you give comments about what's happening that's bad in the church, but you encourage us to fall deep in love with Jesus Christ so we can make reparation, expiation, and prayer, because we do that here at Virgin Most Powerful, and we partner with you because we think that's important. And I know you constantly always say this, it's all about souls. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay. And I I can tell you, because I've been to to Church Milton Studio a few times, and I can tell you, so those, been... those brothers out there, they're on a serious diet of prayer. Yep. So if people think, oh, these guys just want to just stir up controversy in the, in the pot, let me tell you, these guys are about the most serious Roman Catholic Christians that I've ever met uh, in, in the country. So go ahead, Mike. What is, what's going on in, uh, for the news for tonight, Michael? Yeah, I appreciate the comments as always, guys. Thank you. Yeah, just, it's the truth. Just brother. underscore that just to get to a story. Yeah, we're here for nine hours, uh, a typical shift. Generally more than that, but Bet. they get paid for being here for nine hours. Uh, uh, one hour of that a day is in prayer, rosary, morning prayer, evening prayer. And we say uh, we break for uh, the Angelus at noon, right around noon. 
uh, every day. So yeah, it's, if, if there isn't a prayer life, you guys know this, but there isn't a prayer life. All the work that comes out of it is, you know, if the uh, Lord does not build the house in vain do the laborers build. So, Amen. uh, First story we're going to be talking about uh, today is the, uh, th this uh, Gustavo, Archbishop uh, Gustavo Zanchetta uh, oh. trial that's going on in the Vatican. Um, you know, he pleaded not guilty uh, to sex abuse, uh, you know, and there's a trial, and it's obviously it's a different set of uh, trial procedures than we're used to here in the United States. Uh, but still, I mean, you, know, you plead, and there's a trial, and, you know, evidence is presented. I mean, the general things are still the case. Uh, but you know what's disturbing about all of this is this is one of the uh, bishops that uh, Pope Francis protected, uh, you know, brought over, uh, uh, and you you see this constantly now today in the church. I mean, this is just a big high-profile example because it's at the Vatican, but this is the same sort of thing that we've been seeing going on for the last you know 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. where you know there's a an errant meaning, you know, sex-abusing cleric, priest, uh, who's protected by a bishop. Uh, and all that, that's the same thing, just moved up, you know, in its importance or its prominence, rather. Uh, and it's this constant disturbing of the faithful that why are we always hearing about this? Why, you know, it's, you have the same thing expanding the story now. The Italian uh, Catholic Conference of Bishops is resisting any sorts of calls there to say, hey, we need to do a big sex abuse report. What happened here in Italy, like they did in France, like they're starting to do in Spain? Why aren't we doing one of those in Italy? And it's the same dynamic at play no matter where you go. The only reason there was some big thing here in the United States is because the secular media, your viewers will remember, sort of kicked this off in 2002 at the Boston Globe report, which yep. they sort of stumbled across the information and figured it out and did all that reporting throughout the whole year. Uh, but there is always this big resistance among the hierarchy to just air the dirty laundry, be done with it, take care of the victims as you know victims of your machinations or the machinations and the abuse of your priests that you have been protecting and covering for. And I think at some point you'd have to be really stupid You'd have to, and I mean this in a in a the most probably sincere charitable way I can say, you would have to be really stupid, like bereft of intelligence, to look at this pattern throughout the church and not conclude this is deliberate on the part of various members of the hierarchy who have something to cover up, uh, big stuff to cover up. They don't want to lose their money, their power, their prestige. They don't want their own individual personal skeletons tumbling out of the closet because. In one way or another, they were involved of all of this. Maybe an individual given bishop didn't abuse a teenage boy, but he knows his friends did, and he knows that some of his priests did. And by the way, he's gay himself, so the whole topic just kind of turns him off. And uh, until this is expunged from the church, from the hierarchy, till these men are outed, till they are exposed, till they are dragged out into the streets until they are, you know, given the opportunity to recant before you burn them at the stake. Uh, this is just going to continue. This needs to end. Amen. And Catholics need to be outraged by it. Mike, the first time I ever heard about this was, I think, in 2002 with that book, Goodbye, Good Men, Michael Rose. He, right. wrote, a, he wrote a bestseller, and I've never heard from him since. I just, I hope, I wish him well wherever he's at. But uh, that was the first time that I said, what? 
we got this type of problem in the church. Are you kidding me? And of yeah. course, from there, it's just it's just been coming out like like lava from a volcano. Right. Yeah. Just a volcano. That's probably the most active volcano on Earth. <laughs> and depending on who you talk to in these uh, these various circles, I mean, the lies continue. You know, we just did a Christine Niles just did a marvelous report last week that we aired on you know the evils of Donald World. And you know, here's a man who you know perpetuated this, covered up for Theodore McCarrick, covered up for himself, covered up the whole thing. You know, went on the big PR campaign and all this. McCarrick news broke in 2018, you know, almost four years ago, uh, and now he's sitting there, you know, collecting two million dollars a year in retirement money. Uh, I mean, th- it's just insane. You know, why are faithful Catholics allowing this to happen? It's uh, they are allowing it to happen, and you know, this is on the not just the hierarchy level. They're allowed to get away with it. They're the evil doers who are enabled by Catholics who just have no concern or too little concern for the victims of all of this, Michael, spiritual I, as well as physical yes. world. I know you've got other topics, but I'm just going to make a comment, and I'm going to, you can disagree with me, but I don't think you will. The way we stop this is we stop the funding at the parishes that are doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's it. I'm simple. Yes? The, the, the priesthood yeah. has to be, yeah. Yeah. uh well, let me use one of the words of the left, yeah. has to be reimagined back into what it actually is. Go back to the fundamentals. Yeah, absolutely, because right now it's a playground for gays. Oh, that's so sad. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, it's an easy life. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about if you're not a dedicated man. Yeah. Uh, it's an easy life. You don't do anything. You live off everybody else's generosity. Uh, you move around in circles, you can go to gay bars, you can, you know, get on Grinder and have whatever, however much sex you want. Uh, that's what it is right now. You know, the New York times nailed it a number of years ago. They called it a gay profession. That's exactly what it is. And it is a gay profession because it attracts that sort of weak man who's psychologically disturbed, doesn't want to do anything and wants to be this, you know, walking narcissist who just has all his own passions, needs, and whatever met. And the type of person I'm talking about is James Martin. You know, I don't know if he's an actively active homosexual or not, but he certainly has no objection to any of it. Uh, So until the priesthood is, uh, you know, is presented and shown as the opposite of all of that, it's just going to continue to attract these type of these type of disturbed, psychologically disturbed men. Uh, And, you know, that that needs to come to an end. And the problem right now is the bishops are just like that. They all support it. They're all behind it. They like that. You know, they're. Uh, you know, when, when the Vatican issued the document back in 2005, I believe it was, uh, when uh, uh, early 2005, when uh, Ratzinger was still there before Pope John Paul died, uh, one of the very first men to rush to the defense of homosexuals in the priesthood was Timothy Dolan. When he was the Archbishop of Milwaukee, they interviewed him. I believe he was the first archbishop in the United States to come out and say, well, after the Vatican had said, you know, no deep-seated homosexual tendencies, shouldn't be in the priesthood, shouldn't be in the seminary. He was the very first guy. He said, well, that doesn't mean gays can't be in the priesthood. Oh, my God. So, you know, this is a guy that's considered, conser- well, at least was, yeah. considered conservative. Yeah. So yeah. This, is, this is a problem. These men are warped. They're warped in their head. They are victims, willingly or not of malformation, spiritual malformation, and they have set the stage, they inherited the stage, and they have kept the stage of these sick men getting into the priesthood. And uh, until that is blown up, uh, how could you expect anything to change? 
Yep, other than the blessed, the reign of the Blessed Virgin Mary to come and clean up all this purity, uh, yeah. impurity and, and all this heresy. Yep. Mike, tell us a little bit about uh, hashtag Blackface Hitler training on Twitter. What's that all about? <laughs> well, let's say, again, you have another phony Catholic, just like many of the prelates, phony Catholic Justin Trudeau, uh, who is, uh, uh, you know, I, it's funny you mentioned this, we just wrapped up an interview we're going to be airing in a, a couple of days with uh, Maxim Bernier, who's the head of the People's Party of Canada, uh, which is probably the most what we Americans would consider conservative. They don't use that term in Canada for that. But uh, and he's saying the guy's just an authoritarian leader. He's a big power grab. We saw what he did the passing of the Emergency Powers Act. And I asked him, I said, is he Hitler? Is he a dictator? And he said, well, he's an authoritarian. And, you know, I, I mean, I guess he probably doesn't want to make a big giant headline and call Trudeau Hitler, but he came about as close as he could. Uh, but yeah, the, and I asked him about the, uh, specifically about the image of Canada now around the world, you know, where you have video of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I mean, we're all old enough uh, to remember, uh, you know, Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> with the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Was, and now you've got them sitting on horses trampling over peaceful protesters. Uh, you know, it's, it's a horrible image for Canada to have out there. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're, the a social media wave is now happening uh, where, uh, you know, he's being called exactly what he is. So you see, the, you know, you see him dressed up, uh, the Hitler mustache on him and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I, you know, I think fitting, fittingly so. Uh, so we're doing a little bit of coverage on that. And again, phony Catholic, phony Catholic, time and time and time again. Every time we do evening news, we do it from that desk right over there. Every time we do evening news, the number of times we say of a given politician or influencer or world leader, you know, phony Catholic is astounding. I mean, Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, the list, Justin Trudeau, Macron, the list just goes on and on and on. And what we are seeing here are the fruits of a corrupt hierarchy that didn't do what it should have done 30, 40, 50 years ago when these guys were all in formation. Now they've vomited out uh, on the lay level uh, exactly what was going on uh, on the spiritual level uh, and the hierarchical level all those decades ago. And we're all paying the price for it. Amen. Michael Vorst, Church Militant News, 4 p.m. East Coast time, 7 p.m. I should say, right? East Coast, 4 p.m. Pacific Coast. Watch it every day. Get in a good holy habit. Let's make reparation for this sacrileges that are going on in our church. Uh, your visits to the Blessed Sacrament, your rosary, your connection with the sacraments of the church. Michael Voris from Church Militant, thanks again for joining us here at Virgin Most Powerful. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray your rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Be holy or die trying. God bless you. And your family up next, Dr. Sandoval here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us by going to vmpr.org and getting our app. God bless you.